Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. I want you to know in this world, people make mistakes. People actually sin, like on purpose. People display human weakness where they can't get everything right, do everything right, and it is frequently on display. But we become intolerant as a community of people for sin of any kind, weakness of any kind, or mistakes of any kind. We will pounce on it. We will jump on you. So our majority culture is beginning to define how we react or act, how we feel or don't feel, what we believe or not believe. And it's caused us to do what it takes to survive instead of thrive. We've given way to this majority culture, and we've become absolutely silent on all of the issues that are prominent, powerful, or that matter. Abortion. When's the last time you talk about abortion? It's com- Why should it be confusing to talk about or against abortion? Why is that confusing? That's not a political platform. That's just a biblical truth. Now, I know within all of that, there's a lot of things we need to be sensitive to because we don't know everybody's personal situation. That's not meant to be a bomb to drop off, to go far left or right. It's just a reality. We don't talk about it. Same-sex attraction. Rampant in every TV show now, in movie. And, And why is it that there seems to be no deep, answers to it. And when answers come, they seem hateful. There's answers. But the majority culture seems to be dominating. Gender confusion. Can there be somebody who would actually speak to this? Like God is not the author of confusion, but life. Is it a real reality for some people? Absolutely. Does it need to be dealt with? Absolutely. And it can be dealt with in the church, and there's a way to do it, but but yet we've given away. We've fallen away from these things. Ethnic tensions. Oh, Lord. Even in a multi-ethnic church, you're scared. You know, I said Caucasian the other day because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know. I don't even know what a Caucasian is, really. You know, and it's, you're just confused. It's the truth. If we, we've just become silent on all the issues, we've given way by dropping out of society altogether. We don't want to even be a part of it. We fail to act on issues when they come up, when it takes courage and boldness to actually speak up and speak out, but you know why we don't do it? You know why we don't want to do it? 
because we don't want to be canceled. You might be saying, somebody told me last Sunday they never heard of cancel culture. They definitely not on social media and they don't watch the news. But cancel culture is when the majority culture has established how you should feel or think or act about a, a circumstance or, or, or situation. And if you don't act that way or speak that way and you speak out in an op- opposing way, we can cancel you. Not oppose you. Opposing points of view exist all the time. This is beyond opposing you. This is canceling you. You will not speak anymore. You won't make money anymore. We will boycott your business. We will take your big platform to a small platform. We will silence your voice. We used to go to coffee, but you said the wrong thing, buddy. So now I'm not even doing coffee with you. Cancel culture is in families. You, you, you know the election time came and mom and dad sat on opposite sides and then they divided up the kids and then you know you only speak to the family members who think just like you. Where are they? Until we get a new president or, 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 or elect the current president, we're, we're just going to stay divided, canceled. Now, not all cancel culture is bad. I'm talking about the bad version of cancel culture because some people need to be, you know, reproved. You know, evil needs to be adjusted. It needs to be dialed down or, 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 or canceled out. So this is not a political statement against cancel culture, but it's what's generating your cancel culture. What's behind it? What's fueling it? Is it the majority of the way people feel? Because it seems like Christianity has become observers of life instead of participants. We're just observing everybody going left when we should be going right. And what happened is, and I asked myself, why is this? It's because maybe our communication skills are just weakened. Or maybe we, we just lost a sense of what's right and what's wrong. I think a dominant theme is we, we, we fear reprisal or we, 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 we fear the rebuttal to our natural way of things. This cancel culture is really doing a number on us. It's silencing us. Sometimes it happens just because we agree with what the majority culture is saying altogether, which again is not necessarily bad if it's initiated from the right place, then it'll have a certain result. You know, I was with a friend the other day, and he was telling me a story. And, you know, he said, you as a black guy, I think you'll really understand this. And, and so when he said it, he immediately checked and said, hey, hey, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call you black. <laughs> because, you know, you're an African-American. And then I don't think I reacted fast enough, and it really just confused him more. He's like... Well, you know, you, you, you know African-American, that, I'm not saying nothing with that either. So, and then he just, before I could even rescue him, he just said, he said, hey, look, that's why I don't even say nothing. You know, just forget everything I'm saying. He started canceling himself. Because there are good people in this world of, of different ethnicities who no longer know how to engage the other ethnicity. Because cancel culture will say all, quote-unquote, white people are racist. What a horrible lie. If you believe that lie, 
Cancel culture is getting you. All black people are lazy. <laughs> Cancel culture. I mean, you know, it just becomes foolishness. But you can't say anything. So it becomes paralyzing. We become society's police. We're the judge, the jury, the sentencer, and we do it all instantaneously. Like you don't even give yourself time to think about it. Oh, you're wrong, yeah. Why, I don't know. <laughs> See, there's no end to this cancel culture thing. Yes, it is. Let me tell you how it ends. It's like Judges 21 says, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Cancel culture stops being cancel culture and it starts saying, we can cancel everybody. Because you, you'll just say, you know, I like, I like that blue dress. It's not a dress, it's pants. No, I... Hey, your son, he looks strong. That's not my son. That's just a person. (laughs) That's culture. Watch what you say. And now people who should be strong and bold and confident and full of faith and full of answers are absent from society. It's as if the ploy of the devil has canceled Christianity. As we look at our text today, we're going to see that Jesus had to deal with this cancel culture because it's been around for a long time. It's not new. You're going to see what he did and what the benefits were. Let's turn to John chapter 10, and let's go to verse We're going to go to verse 7, but let me catch you up in the story that you've been following along in your your devotional, your I Am devotional. And let me tie last week with this week. As you know, there was a story that Pastor Ron didn't deal with with a blind man. This blind man's been blind, I believe, 38 years. He was born blind. The disciples asked the question, who sinned that this man was born blind, his parents or him? They said, nobody sinned. This was just manifesto that that we could see the glory of God. So there's sometimes that you have problems in life that don't have anything to do with what you've done wrong or if anybody's done wrong, but God is going to show up in your life and he's going to be magnified through what you're going through. And it's all right with that. And so he meets Jesus. Isn't it fun to meet Jesus? And the thing Jesus does is spit in in, in the dirt and makes some little mud pie and puts it on his eye. Now, I don't know about you. I would probably naturally reject that miracle, but he was blind. He didn't even know what was coming. Because if I knew that spit was in, I said, you couldn't get a cup of water and mix that stuff together. It's got to be your spit. But he spit on that water and, you know, he put that on his eyes. <laughs> and he said, you go wash that off in the pool. In the, in the pool. Uh, and he washes his eyes and he can see. And he, Jesus is, disappears and and he's going around, and people see him, he can see, and it's, you know, it's coming good. And some of the leaders come, came to him and said, who did this? He said, I don't know. It's a guy named Jesus. Tell us what he did. Well, you know, he told me to go wash, and he healed me. They said, you were never blind. You've been lying to us for 38 years. He said, look, 
Man, I was, I'm blind. I was a beggar. They said, let's get his parents. Got his mama. I don't know her name. I just thought I'd name her Joyce. <laughs> Got his daddy. Named him Jerry, J and J. Joyce and Jerry. Is this your son? Yes. Was he born blind? Yes. Then they said, do you believe that Jesus healed him and is the Messiah? They said, he grown. Ask him. <laughs> the reason they said this according to the Scripture is because if they answered that Jesus was the Messiah, they would be excommunicated from the synagogue and they'd be canceled and they'd be kicked out. But their smartness said, you need to ask our son. Jesus, when we look at the verse 7, is speaking directly to this group in this council culture. Verse 7, here, here goes. So Jesus again said to them, who's to them? It's the Pharisees, it's the Jewish leaders, it's those that are around for Passover, it's the blind man, and it's, and it's Joyce and Jerry. They're all in there together. He says to them, truly, truly, I say to you. In other words, Jesus is saying, I want you to really listen up. I'm not playing a game. I am coming to deal with your cancel culture. And the first thing I want you to understand is I'm coming at you with real truth. This is not fake truth. This is the kind of truth that went out of my mouth and established the foundation of the world. This is the kind of truth that gave a sea a decree and it wasn't one. This is the kind of truth that set the sun and the moon and the star. You can truly, truly take what I'm about to say to you to the bank. He says, I say to you, I am the door to the sheep. You've been dealing with me. I'm sorry, let me calm down. You've been dealing with me as if I'm just a man. You've been dealing with me as if I'm a liar or a lunatic or if, as if I'm insane. You've been confusing people. And I, I'm coming to tell you that I am God. I am the door. I am the path. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am anything and everything you need and they need. And the reason that I'm speaking to you this boldly, this profoundly, is you are doing something I cannot tolerate. You are trying to cancel out the good news that I'm telling to my sheep. And I don't put up with that. I'm telling you this message is relevant to you and I, because when the world is on council mode, the church seems to be on vacation. And what God did when he was, he was seeing a culture that was trying to cancel out the power of the gospel, the effectiveness of the gospel, the effectiveness of this healing, he had to step into the situation and say, hold on, there is a truth that eliminates the need for your way of canceling out people. So what happens is, he says, if you go to the first verse, look, 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 look what he says. 
He says, if you go to the first verse of that, I love this. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does, does not enter the sheep fold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Verse 2, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus is not here to participate in cancel culture. Jesus is here to deal with uh, cancel culture. He, he, he's here to bring, uh, he's here to cancel that culture. Jesus is here to bring truth to the culture. That's what he's here to do. And so he now speaks directly to them and says, all that were before me were thieves, robbers, and liars. He had called them a liar in John chapter 8. They said, we, you know, we're, we're, we're of Abraham. And they said, you're not Abraham. If you were Abraham, you would believe me. He said, but you don't believe me because your father is Satan. Not Satan, Satan. And he says, he was a liar from the beginning and a murderer. You don't just want cancel culture. You eventually want the culture to turn into kill culture. Because when Jesus rejected them publicly, the Scripture said they sought opportunity to kill him. You see, when you don't deal, when you drop out of society, when you drop out of culture, when you just give away to the moral majority, or when you, when, when them trying to establish the moral majority, when you just give in to all that, it won't stop at what you're comfortable with allowing. It won't stop until it comes all the way to your house, takes everything you have, and kills you. Jesus is dealing with it. He said, all that was before me is thieves. Look at you, stealing away this man's opportunity to rejoice in the fact that he was blind, but now he sees. Wouldn't that be, ha won't you be happy? Like if I was blind and now I could see, I would just start breathing heavy and yelling. Woo! Woo! Yeah, what's that color? You red? Woo! You can imagine that. This guy's excited. And he's running into people who want to take that away. This guy just came into the only person who can bring him salvation and somebody wants to take that away. Why is the world afraid of Jesus Christ? Why is the world afraid to say he created the world? Why are, why are we afraid of him? There's no fear in love and God is love. There's no reason to fear him. They are thieves trying to cover up the joy that's in our Savior. They are thieves trying to rob God of the greatness of his work and his salvation. And thieves do it in secret. They pulled this man off to the side. Why didn't they come to Jesus and talk to him about the problem they had with Jesus? The enemy will always try to pick you off when you're alone, try to confuse you when you're out of your parents' care, give you some confusing thoughts. What do you feel like you are? Why, you, why, why couldn't you call me and say, hey, can I have a conversation with your kid about their identity so I can tell you no? Robbers. You know who was said in the Bible to be a robber? Barabbas. He was an insurrectionist and a robber. And while, while, while thieves will do it in secrecy and, 
and, and cloak. You know, robbers are, in, in this, in this uh, regard, are brazen and, and bold. We're going to take down the government. Not the government. The government. He was barbaric. But what is he doing? He's robbing them of the way Jesus is going to make. He's robbing them of the peace that Jesus is going to bring. He's robbing them of the love that he's going to bring. What happened to scriptures like, love your enemy, bless them that curse you, do good to them that despitefully use you and, and persecute you that you might be called children of God. What happened to those scriptures? Who told you just because you were going through hard times and hard things, you had the right to pull down the whole establishment? If God wanted you to pull down the whole establishment when he was walking on earth, he would have pulled it down and done a much better job than us. But he don't want you to pull it down. He wants to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemy. He want to prove to you that he can keep you whether you're up or whether you're down, whether you're in the White House or the poor house, God can keep you. So I love that Jesus is showing up and saying, I am not false. I am not a thief. I am not a robber. I am not a liar. I am the door. I am the right choice. I am the right way. I am the door. I am not a door, I am the door. I am the way in and I am the way out. He's establishing to them, I'm not going to even let you think there's another way. Your, your, your Jewish ethnicity doesn't give you eternal life. Your Jewish works don't give you eternal life. If you just go over to Diana and worship her, she won't give you life. If you get into transcendentalism, it won't give you life. If you get into modalism, it won't give you life. I am the only way to the Father. I am the only door that's available to you. He is trying to establish this fact and is immutable, immovable, and it is the truth, and it is what cancels out cancel culture, truth culture. If you go on to verse 9, got excited early, sorry. Let's come down and we'll go back up. <laughs> I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. What is he saying? Not only, not only, not only am I a door to the people, I'm a door for the people. When he's talking about this Hebraic, idiom of going in and going out, he's referring to how, like, like how Moses used to go into the tent of meeting and meet with the presence of God. He would come out of the tent of meeting and he'd be glowing. He'd be glowing with the presence of God. Or he'd go up to the mountain of God, he'd go in, and he'd come, come down with, with something. He would go in one way, maybe tired, but he would come out refreshed. He would go in without answers. He would come out uh, with answers. He is showing you that he is the door. He is the way into opportunity, the way into clarity, the way into refreshing. He is the way into life, real life, not temporal life, not where you know what to do one moment and you don't know what to do the next moment. He is ever-present, available to you. What he's really trying to say is, when you come into me, I go out with you. You never are without me. See, the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy and his right hand pleasure more. I wish I had Psalm 139 that says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your presence? If I take the wings in the morning, you're there. If I go to the other most parts of the sea, you're there. Wherever I go, you're there. Your hand is upon me. You're before me. You're behind me. You got me hedged in. These thoughts are just too wonderful for me. He's trying to say, when you come through the doorway, he is the God 
that allows you to flow in life and function in life because now you're of the truth. So you don't back away from life. Whatever this spirit is that's telling you, stalking you, telling you, don't say anything. Those aren't the black people. Those aren't the white people. I don't know what the people are. We're supposed to go to people, but I got to wait until I understand the people. You're just paralyzed with confusion. Speak to people. Make the mistake. I told the guy who talked to me, he said, man, I'll just call you. I said, listen, I'm not mad that you called me black. I'm not mad that you called me African-American. I'm grateful that you had the conversation. You can't change my love and my brotherhood for you. Let's end this sermon with verse 10. He says, the thief comes. Now he's going to contrast himself with worldly thinking, cancel culture. The thief comes only to steal. What could have been their objective of talking to this blind man who just got his sight back except to take the joy away? People want you to believe in another religion or another God, so you will, instead of taking away the, the pain, they take away the hope. Steal, kill, destroy, but I come that you might have life into the full. See, cancel culture takes life from you. It doesn't give life to you. It destroys a life. It breaks down a life instead of coming to a broken life and offering life. A mistake-ridden life and offering life. A sinful life and offering a, salv- a Savior. You don't have to be perfect to live a powerful life in this world. If Jesus is your door, if he's your great I am, if he's your Lord and Savior, you don't have to back out of any situation wondering if you're culturally relevant or politically correct or you've got it all together. You've got truth on your side. Therefore, you've got God on your side. And you don't worry about who's going to cancel you because you've got the truth that cancels out everything that's not of God. You know what? Jesus does believe in cancel culture. He believes in canceling your sin, canceling your debt, canceling your pain, canceling your sickness, canceling your disease, canceling all your problems, canceling your mistakes, canceling all the stuff that the enemy is doing to weigh you down. Truth is the culture that he established. He wants you to have a life. He doesn't want you to live in depression. Do you think that man walked away from the religious leaders that were stealing from him? happy or confused. He walked away confused. How do I know? Because Jesus found him. We'll end with this. Jesus found this man. I wanted to call him a brother. He was probably dark-skinned because he was out in the desert. So this brother right here, verse 35, says it this way, of 9, 35. We'll end with this. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. They canceled him. And when they found, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? They asked. Tell me so I may believe in him. Jesus said, you now see him. In fact, he's the one speaking to you. Then that man said, Lord, 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 I believe. And he worshiped him. See, when you believe God is the door, when you believe he's the miracle worker, when you believe he's the way out of no way, the one lets you come in, and go out, 
You don't waste time worrying about the false narrative in the culture that's trying to cancel your voice. You spend time worshiping them, and you do it out loud. You're not afraid to bring your Bible to Starbucks. It's part of your worship. You're not afraid when you're sitting in a university class or, or on your Zoom call to say, how about God's perspective on that? You're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're not ashamed of the good news. It's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Stop worrying so much about what man thinks of you and start being grateful that God thinks highly of you so much that he would lay his life down to redeem you. You serve that kind of Savior. You serve that Lord. I'll kind of conclude with a story that's really touched my life in that little video in our outreach that we did in the Highlands international community like if you love internationals which this church does you want to go there you'll just weep and cry and just want to stay there forever and take people home and let them be in your life this one little 10 year old girl that you saw her in the little film and she was she said to me she just came up to me and she she met me and she was standing there and she said I'm sorry I said why she said I'm sorry because they they murdered George Floyd and, and, and they can kill you, and, 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 and I don't like that, and I don't want you to get shot. She just met me. That's her first words. I'm seeing the empathy, the sympathy, the, the pain of her voice. And I, and I said, thank you. And she said, you know what? Because she she's Asian. She said, I'm Asian. She said, I didn't bring the Rona. She's 10. She said, I didn't bring the Rona. Why do they think I brought the Rona? I'm good. They trying to, and this is what she said. I didn't, I haven't talked yet. She said, they're trying to kill me. And they're trying to kill you and accuse me. I said, how is she this articulate? And then I, I just, just start ministering to her a little bit. And she said, you know what? Jesus is the cure. And I said, wow. I said, wow. Good. I said, so you know Jesus. She said, no, that's what it says on your mask. Jesus. She Jesus is secure. <laughs> so, so, yo, so you're mad. I said, oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. She, I said, okay. Well, you wanna, I said, you want to pray? She said, I don't even know what prayer is. What, what, what is pray? I said, it's the answer to the pain you feel. I said, Jesus has it. And I began to pray with her, tell her how we do our Unite Prayer Walks because there's, there's something we can do as believers. We don't back away from cancel culture. We show up with truth culture. We don't judge them, but we, we show up and proclaim him. We don't have to judge other people and point the finger, you're a canceler. No, we just show up and we do what God told us to do. She was so confident, she invited herself to church. If she'd come, she said, I had to give her this bracelet on my hand. I don't want to, but I got to. I'm just playing. I'll give it to her. You see, when you introduce people to the door, you know what Revelation said, Behold, I said before you an open door. No man can shut it. If this world makes the mistake of picking a fight with the Lord Jesus Christ, it's one they will lose and it's a bad deal. Somebody lied to you and told you you want to lose inside. You on the win inside. You already won. Don't you be afraid to post. Post, post today. That's part of our prayer walks 
are we walk in, in trusting God, but, but we listen to God tell us what we can do, and then we go post it on purpose. A lot of you need to show up next week at 3 o'clock and walk with me, walk with our church, walk in United. We, by our very diverse church, we're an affront to a culture that's confused. Jesus is the door. Not a door, the door. You do not feel like you, you should not feel, my last thought here, you should not feel like you need to be ecumenical. You need to be inclusive of everybody when you say stuff. You don't have to be ashamed to say Jesus is the only way. You're actually, you're showing love when you do it. Stand to your feet. Hey, glory to God. I wish they knew this. They ain't going to know this, man. I heard that song. Hold on to music. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Come ye heavy laden, come to me and rest. Come, help the people. Bring me every burden and bring me every care. Sing it again. Hear the blessed Savior calling the oppressed. Come here heavy laden, come to me and rest. I, O Lord, will carry, and I, O Lord, will share. Bring me every burden, and bring me every care. That blind man, he couldn't carry that weight. All of that narrative, only for Jesus to come back and still offer the only thing that can relieve you from cancel culture, the truth about who he is. If you're watching online, if you're here in the room, and you've not embraced the truth of who Jesus Christ is, he's the only way. And the Bible says, whosoever call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. All you got to say is, Jesus, your Lord, you're saved. Believe it in your heart, confess it with your mouth. The second group I want to pray for today, you've been abused by cancel culture, the bad part of it. Not when you cancel out something good, the bad part. You've been confused by it. But now God wants to revive you. Don't be afraid. Steward the business God gave you in his name. Steward the ministry. Speak. Doesn't mean that someone won't resist you, just the truth will rescue you. It won't end with just cancel culture, it turns into kill culture. So you might as well stand. You might as well stand. I wanna pray for all those who want fresh strength to stand up against a culture that gives the spirit of accusation and pointing the finger and accusing. That is a demonic spirit accusing you. It won't take long, somebody will be accusing the church, but the church is ready to stand. We don't back away. You're in the right place, you're in the right church. We don't, we don't run, we'll be three o'clock next Sunday, we'll be down in the community saying God cares about our city and he has answers. Bow your head and repeat after me. Say, Lord, help me, help me. I'm sorry, I repent for being fearful. I thank you 
for showing me your way, your truth, your life. Give me courage. Give me strength to push the cancel culture back and establish truth culture in my life and in my community. Now lift your hands up and just receive. Just, just breathe in. Just take a moment and receive from the Lord. Just receive from him. Fresh ideas. For some of you, he's cluing you in how to speak to your boss, how to adjust your social media. Some of you come out of your closet, I'm meaning your spiritual closet that you've been hiding in, making your faith private instead of public. A lot of you need to see that. The Lord is removing that. He's bringing you to a public place. Lord, bless your people as we leave this place without your presence. Keep us all in the center of your will and the apple of your eye. And we'll continue to give you praise for all things in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Glory. Three things before you go. If you, pastors, could you step in front? If you have any prayer needs, we're here to pray for you. Pastor Dave, come down here and meet him and his family. That's great. If you're new to Bethel, I'll meet you over at uh, guest reception. Two, next week at 3 o'clock, if you've never been to a walk, you're going to wear your mask. You'll be distant. Meet me at 3 on Palm Sunday so you can get a revelation of what Christ does in culture. God bless you. We'll meet at the courthouse. God bless you. You are dismissed. Hear the blessed Savior.